0: You're listening to the CyberWire Network, powered by N2K. Hi, I'm Brett Arsenault, Chief Information Security Officer at a little company called Microsoft. Recently, I was approached by some customers who were really struggling with the complexities of the security threat landscape. In particular, just looking for practical advice. With the increase in threats, with the changing landscape and digital transformation that's going on, people were really trying to understand from experts, what could they do practically that would actually help them in this new threat landscape we're living in today? And I realized how fortunate I am to have met with some of the sharpest minds on this topic, whether it's competitors, vendors, internal Microsoft people, government people, who all share a vision for a mission on how to better protect ourselves. This created an opportunity to take some of those learnings and share them in this podcast series. Hopefully you'll find this interesting. I know I'll learn a lot from it. Today I have a special guest joining me, Venki Krishnababu. Venki is the Senior Vice President of Global Technology Services at Lululemon, the athletic apparel company based in Vancouver, B.C. Venki is a transformational, business-savvy tech leader with extensive global technology experience. He's been at Lululemon for three years and was previously the CTO of Primera Blue Cross, where his leadership was pivotal to their digital transformation. Before that, he was at Nordstrom for 17 years, where he led the company's service-based architecture strategy. And also, for those who don't know, It's been over a year. Venki lives in my neighborhood, and yet we are doing things remotely still. We haven't had a chance to meet in person, so I hope soon we can actually meet in person. Yeah. Likewise,
1: Brett, I'm definitely looking forward to meet you as well. It's such a great neighborhood. And uh, thank you for having me in your uh, first podcast. I never see that as a risk at all because uh, I know you, Brett, so uh, glad to be here and join and learn and
0: share. No, I appreciate it. I think today would be great is to discuss some of the biggest lessons learned from the pandemic in terms of having to send employees home overnight, to remote working, not being employed. And it's just an amazing time. I think a lot of people talked about it, but understanding what it means for you at Lululemon as the senior leader you are, and then how other people can learn from that. I think, you know, for me personally, someone recently said, yeah, I'm working from my home office, which I believe you may be doing today. And I Realized I was blessed enough, one, to have a home, and two, that if I have an office, that means I have a job. And I know that's not true for everybody during these times, so I'm not confused by how fortunate we are. But I would think it'd be a great session for us to have a conversation on how we're making these things work for our respective companies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I share the same sentiment. Brett, very grateful to have a home and have an office and have a family under one roof. And uh, very, very blessed to be here and be part of this podcast.
0: No, that'd be great. Before we get into the topic, though, maybe you could give me a little bit about how you got into the tech industry and a little bit about your career path, because I think it's a pretty interesting background.
1: Yeah, sure, Brett. It's been I'm coming at the cusp of around 27 plus years um, in technology. Predominantly, it's uh, all about enabling retail business with um, strong engineering and technology teams. I started out as a hardcore database engineer. That's where I started And, uh, and worked in different roles in almost two decades at Nordstrom, different type of roles, architecture, engineering leadership, production support operations contact center omni all kinds of you know experience um, all stemmed up to one thing which i'm very passionate about which is leading and supporting people and delivering delivering some great values for retail business and enabling them and that's been uh, my entry into technology and I love technology and love people working with people and and creating some great stuff together
0: it's a truly diverse background and all the different roles that you've had so i think you're exceptionally qualified for the conversation today, which was even with 27 years of experience, um, I don't think any of us predicted the situation. We have. Even when I was topping pandemic exercise, I didn't see it the way this happened out. But I think as people come back to work, it's one thing to think about sending people home. But as we start you know, working on people coming back and how we do productivity, how do you think about companies truly embracing this hybrid work environment? And what does that look like for Lululemon in the retail industry? Yeah, you
1: know, such a, an interesting time as we live in, uh, Brad, as you said, no one was ready to prepare to face this global pandemic. And it hit us so fast. It came like a flash on us. And the since pandemic, many companies have uh, pivoted and successfully shifted and shifted their business to digital, work from remote. One thing pandemic has done is demystified this work from home and it's also kind of given ultimatum kind of for us set the ultimatum for leaders like us which is remote work or no work i mean that's the kind of the ultimatum so uh, frankly speaking brett to answer your question about the hybrid mileage you know varies it depends from one company to another company and We are in the early stages of uh, exploring hybrid environment. And we also leaning in and learning from our peers and especially technology industry like Eurospred, Microsoft and other top technology companies are kind of in the forefront, trailblazing it. We're also learning and watching the industry. To me, it's uh, we are, as I said, in the early stages. I'm a strong believer of test, learn, let the data and the experience drive the decisions and how this hybrid work is going to set, but we are definitely exploring a hybrid work environment.
0: That's amazing, and you're obviously a unique company in that you're a tech company, you do retail, you have manufacturing, and then this, you know, with the recent acquisition of the mirror product, you also have a hardware line. So, as I think about it, you know, I'd be curious. I think this is a practitioners forum, so what would be in your mind the biggest lesson you learned uh, in this past year during the pandemic? Like, you know, what would you do again and what would you do differently if we could focus on those two areas? it would be super helpful for probably me and our listeners. Yeah.
1: Oh boy. Talk about lessons. There are many we as uh, leaders and humans, I truly believe I am a student forever and we are continuous learners and that's the mindset i come in every day and this pandemic has taught us a lot of stuff and one thing which stood out for me besides technology besides you know creating a scale of remote shift and all this stuff one thing really really stood out for me which is people and how resilient and the adaption and adoption of to this new way of working shifting and doing that in less than three four weeks to be honest, I was um, humbled at the same time, incredibly impressed and thankful to the entire you know, team here rallied. And within three weeks, we are, you know, three to four weeks, our entire corporate functions, we call it as SSC, which is store support center. Mm-hmm. Everything we do it revolves around our guests and stores. We call it as our corporate headquarters, our store support centers. So what we did is we shifted our entire, almost 2000 plus workforce, corporate functions, completely remote work. And that's just kind of the the tip of the iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. So then if you take the next step, you know, as we go through the pandemic, pandemic, like March, April, pretty much the entire economy or if entire market, everything was shut down. I mean, we have to close our stores. So then what happened? Business shifted. So we started to go full-on digital. And as a result, if you look at our contact center, we call it as the Guest Education Center, GEC. We used to have almost 400 folks concentrated in one full building to serve our guests. This is the, the guest first in our contact line, right? If anything wrong with the order, or if they need any help, or even for something they want to buy, apply, if, if many functions and services GEC uh, performs, we shifted them to work from remote, the entire GC workforce. And that happened in in less than four to five weeks. And these all things like you said, right? We are not prepared. There's no step-by-step playbook. If a global pandemic hits, exactly, these are the things you had to do. What we did is uh, having a, a resilient team and the, all leaders and the team putting their heads together had one goal in mind. How do we enable our people how do we serve our guests in the best possible way? And business continuity. We keeping these three as priority, we made several decisions and we implemented several technologies and we enabled this uh, remote workforce. So that's what I would say the biggest learning for me is the resiliency and when committed people put their heads together. And how they evolve out of a crisis is mesmerizing for me to watch and share. Very, very fortunate to be part of that journey. That's the first thing I would say, in like a macro level, for me. Learning is about how do we adapt and adopt. And then the secondary set of learnings, right? There are technology, there are platforms The demystifying our working from home. You know, we we enable many collaboration tools. That also includes our Teams, we full on full on Teams enterprise level. And on top of that security, you know, once we go remote, we are no yeah. longer protected by the, you are, you, are, you are kind of very core to that, you know, uh, you're an expert in that area. Like, the you know, we no longer protected by the perimeter of our SSC and all the securities out the window. Now we need to pivot. And how did we pivot? You know, ensuring that we have a large scale, cloud centric, scalable VPN platforms. VDI is another example. How did we enable our GEC workforce so many companies have gone through several ways to en- enable their workforce and keep the business running and humming. One thing I can tell about the second part of the question you asked about is like, we are definitely much better prepared. My biggest wish is we don't want to go through this again. <laughs> yeah. Now, as the pandemic subsides, we got a lot of community learnings as well, also social behavior learning. Hopefully we learn and apply them so we don't have to go through that again. But in that case, for a forbidden reason, if we go there, I would say resiliency planning in my books is a never-ending process. It's always have to happen in continuum. So what we have learned, created, playbook, whatever we, you ha- we have, we rely and lean on that and improvise further is what I would say I would do differently. Learn, apply, improvise, iterate, and make it even better.
0: No, that's great. I think to your point around people being resilient, we have talk about resilient systems, But I think we've learned a lot about people resiliency and in particular, the impact on managers. For a minute on the tech side, I'm curious though, you did some pretty interesting things with RFID at Lululemon through COVID. I think that really helped. Can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah.
1: So what we have done is we have uh, rolled out our RFID platform, which is truly helpful in store operations, not only for store operations, all our omni-fulfillment functions. So during pandemic, what we did is we were able to provide, continue to provide, of course, with safety first and precaution, all the social distancing precaution. And we followed all the uh, regulations and rules. What we did is we used those platforms to unlock uh, many new capabilities to start with uh, store fulfillment and uh, ship from stores, be able to pivot and ship digital orders and fulfill e-com orders uh, from stores as an example. And then as the pandemic and start to somewhat subside, we start to slowly open the stores based on the capacity, on the guidelines of the local government there, right? So we unlocked many new capabilities in preparation to provide that great service to our educators in a socially distanced manner, at the same time in a safe manner. Some of the technology like curbside pickups and then Virtual waitlist, which is you know, you know digital appointments, contactless payments, and the list goes on and on. It's because of the some strong foundational platforms we put in place, and which allowed us to create new many tech capabilities to help our educators. We call our sales associate as educators. So educator in store, empowering them with some powerful technology that enabled them to serve our guests in-store guest in a much secured socially distanced manner without compromising the service. So those are some technology unlocks we have done and we the, the foundation which we put allowed us to do omni fulfillment, the buy online pick up in store, buy online pick up at door is another one which we enabled and gift hubs. Uh, during holiday seasons we created less dense packed gift hubs which is focused only on gifts. So it was it was uh, quite a journey and we did all that in like 3 4 months like flash speed I would say.
0: So here's my question then. Do you think that you used to go too slow? Oh, wow. The thing is speed. That was that was kind of, that was kind of mean. But I would just I mean, <laughs> no, I look no. at I look at all this digital transformation. I even look at us, and I'm like, why didn't I push on some of this harder <laughs> sooner? No. What happened
1: is it's everyone rallying towards the same thing, right? And all of a sudden, you get this momentum and the flywheel effect. But you're right. The entire world, digital acceleration, which is supposed to be five to 10 years, happened within one year because pandemic forced us.
0: Yeah, no, and I think in fairness, like it's sort of a teaser question, which was some of the things that you did wouldn't have worked had it not been for the pandemic, like people in the in-store experience and everything else. And one of the things I was curious about in that scenario, if we could, is that, so you have the the things you did when you, as it happened and as you were into the middle of the pandemic. Now we have, as you said, more places coming online in different capacities in this hybrid workforce, what's Lululemon thinking about the models going forward? Is it, you know, nobody's coming back or certain roles are coming back or it's 50-50? Or what's, what's your what's your principled view on that? The principled view on this is, as, as I mentioned earlier,
1: Brad, we are in the early stages. We are definitely, you know, exploring our... Um, hybrid work environment. Our SSEs are still there, uh, which is our corporate headquarters or the tech hubs or the hubs. Mm-hmm. We are a global company. Mm-hmm. We have SSEs across the globe. So what we are doing is it's uh, definitely we're going in with the mindset of explore this hybrid environment and uh, understand how this works for us and then adjust as needed as we go, right? And this is where what I truly believe on and let, let the data and let the experience dictates how we evolve. The percentage of 50 here, 50 there is somewhat secondary. What Mm -hmm. primary is there's no one size fit all approach for this. Some companies might go hundred percent. Some companies might say, Hey, you ought to be 80% here and 20% there. So for us, we have not decided on percentage rather we have more of a test and learn explore, understand. And also, we also keenly leaning on other industries too. And this is where Brett, I would love to hear from you also, turn the question back to you, like how you are <laughs> seeing it and hear from you
0: as well. Hey, now you don't get to do that to the host. Ah. Yeah, I think <laughs> adapt and adopt and adopt and adapt, you know, model that's a virtuous cycle that you have to think about. And I think that's a smart way to think about it. I think for me, I mean, there's always a balance view. And so the question is, there's companies in some industries are more prone and capable to be able to do this. But, you know, were you a full on-prem department and does the pendulum swing all the way to the right? Or is you, you know, it's how far do you swing that pendulum? And I think much like you, our our view is we certainly have seen that people have the capability to be productive remotely in many of the roles, and we will continue to embrace and support that. But we'll also use the data to make sure like I look at the daily data on our productivity, on our collaboration capabilities, on the wellness of our employees And if we start seeing it get out of whack, or frankly, if we see competitive pressures, we'll react Mm. to those as well. But for sure, the two things I would say we've been seeing is we've seen a new model that can work and be very effective, both for our employees and our vendors, and we'll continue to adopt more of that. And then we will continue to use, like you said, the data to let us know whether it's still working or if we've gone too far. And I think that's going to be super interesting. But it's. I think the biggest issue, and I'd be curious if your view on this, is, is how to help managers be effective in that model. Like the IC, the individual contributors, I kind. It's not so hard to go do, but we've the data has shown us the managers really bear their brunt of time zone changes of their workforce, or you know trying to be more available, and they they take a lot more of the hit. So how do we make sure that they? don't have biases in that space or that we arm them to be super effective. And I know we've talked a little bit about that in the past. How are you guys, how are you thinking about that with, uh, you know, enabling your managers to be effective managers in this scenario? Uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, it is important to ensure that we are providing the necessary support and the guidance for our, our leaders, right? I would start with first ensure that's proper logistics and infrastructure, which includes um, security is implicit, right? Yes. Part of that. Sure. So make sure that's there. And be clear about what the policy, the why behind it, and be crystal clear about it. Uh, if you leave gray area, it's a slippery slope. So you got to be clear about that. And then followed by, do not lose sight of culture. the The culture is also important for any any company, and it's very important. And continuous feedback, gathering and creating active, explicit listening sessions, understanding what's going on in the ground and that deep listening is important. And then corrections followed by the continuous feedback loop. In a, in a technical term, we call the CI C D loop, right? Yeah. So right. same way, same way we need to have that continuous agile feedback loop to make micro corrections as opposed to waiting for something big to happen and making a macro corrections, which would be painful. And again, the second part would be leadership leading people, leading teams, supporting them, even in a pre-pandemic time. And a global multinational workforce like us is never an easy task, right? We are highly distributed. We are a global multinational company. I have teams in, uh, in, in global in our different locations. So some level of careful and thoughtfulness is required even before this pandemic started. Now, with this pandemic in mind, we need to make sure inclusivity, equity, and equi- all the stuff is part of, you know, being explicit about it is, is important. And last but not least, I would say definitely empathy. Creating that empathy and leading with empathy and extra empathy at this time for our people is, is extremely important to, as we navigate through this pandemic.
0: Thank you. Let me come back to a comment you made about getting data and being empathetic. I think, you know, we refer to it as digital empathy. And I think yep. these times have shown us that's super important. I'm not looking for an advertisement for Microsoft or any other company, but I am curious, like, what are some of the tools you're going to use to actually help people be productive in a hybrid workforce? And what are some of the tools you're going to use to really be able to, you know, collect that data that people could learn from on the on the call? So another good question,
1: uh, Brett. There are some tools, and I personally also use it uh, for my personal effectiveness. We use this uh, O365 suite quite a bit, uh, the My Analytics part. Which no, clearly right. tells me, okay, how much time I'm spending on meetings, how much think time I have, and who are my top collaborators, all those things are really intriguing to me. And I sometimes so I go into this deep introspection. Why did I do that in you know, last week for that long? Right. So it allows me to understand, okay, how do I balance my time? And and a lot of other folks within the company also use it. And I also use screen time for my mobile devices. And um, you know, that's another way to look at it. I'm a big believer in data, but there's only one area I don't measure things with data, right? This is going to be somewhat related. And at the same time, why I believe technology, data analytics, going to help us provide insights and and. Become efficient continuously. There's no question about that belief, but what I believe beyond that is, you know, we as leaders having the right team, right people, empowering them, creating the friction-free platform for them to collaborate. When we do all those things and keep an eye on those things, productivity becomes an an automatic outcome of that, and so that's where I pay closest attention to the. The, the stress levels of the team. I, I When I'm in the meeting, I explicitly asked for, let's have the video. Let's have, especially one-on-one, we need to able to read the body language, understand how our people are responding. There's so many things you can pick up as human, which machines still not learned it yet. So yeah. uh, it's a combination and balance between leadership, that human empathy and connection, followed by Take advantage of this rich data and analytics and tools, which allows you to create more effectiveness and also make course corrections and adjustments.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a it's a great comment. Even where data has shown us that, like I look at, you were mentioning workplace analytics, and I look at two-party calls and how much they've gone up, which is really, it's a replacement for the hallway conversation, that really subtle little thing. Like, hey, how did you do this? But now it requires a call. So you see those things go up. And I think... You know, having the ability to still do those is important. And then for me, sadly, I get the, hey, you sent this thing in off hours. I'm like, no, I didn't. I was in a different time <laughs> zone. But I haven't, I haven't been able to trick the system into that part yet. Well, the technology, Brett, um, really helped me. This is my personal
1: st- story I'm sharing. I'm a, I'm a runner. I love to run. And, and, and what happened during this peak of this pandemic, I lost sight of that and meetings after meeting, back to back, back to back, back to back. And then I kind look at it and then I use this work analytics data like there is no breaks and I'm going like crazy. This is not sustainable. So what I did is took that data, worked with my personal assistant and ensured that incorporate, stitch, deliberate breaks, that lunchtime is sacred time. Unless really, really some major emergency, that block is for me and I'm going to go run. That really helped me to get that mental balance. So same, I encourage my team also to ensure that you have deliberate Breaks. Look at watch for data. Watch for how the pattern changes. So definitely, technology does help, and uh, we also have to explicitly watch for it too.
0: Yeah, and that's a great example on the taking the lunch break. I think that's super important. One of the things that I think about in this scenario is just from a, just a knowing you perspective. If I could, I have this sort of standard set of questions that I ask everybody. So, do you mind if I run you through a couple of them? Yeah, sure. All right. What's a book you're currently reading? And what's the book you would recommend that people read? Oh, wow. The book
1: this is by Brave Leadership by Brené Brown. Uh, it's really, really a good book on leadership. I really dig a lot of, you, you believe, I, the, the number of leadership book was this technology book for me. is like 60, 40. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Um, and then um, I'm also on the technology side. It's more of, Brett, you might notice this, um, this, this third party supply chain software, right? That I'm reading more on the industry, how that's it's fast-evolving industry and fascinating at the same time. So I'm reading about that. I definitely would recommend the Brené Brown's book if, if you're a, a really a, a big fan of uh, leadership and wanted to great, uh, incorporate some big, there's some good leadership lessons also incorporated, which we all can learn and apply. And it's very practical.
0: No, that's great. And I love practical leadership books. right? I think that's a, that's probably one of the most important ones for me. That's super helpful. Thank you i just like to think from a priority, you mentioned supply chain. It's obviously a growing risk area in terms of impact, amplitude, frequency, and time to exploitation. So what I'm wondering from you, you don't have to be on supply chain, but just the three things that people or practitioners on this phone should think about in order to make sure that they can secure their hybrid workforce, and then the one thing they should avoid. So three things they should do and one thing they should avoid from the perspective of you as the Senior Vice President of Technology at Lululemon.
1: Three things I would say is I always look in terms of uh, three compartments of anything I do. One is starts with people. With people making sure the awareness and education and how they're adapting. I'm taking it, in fact, your question a little bit more into macro level, uh, Brett, about With this hybrid workforce, what are the three things we as leaders need to, you know, watch for and do, right? So working with our people, understanding how they are working with their teams, especially for leaders who are leading other leaders, it's extremely important to get that pulse and then training, awareness, listening, all those things got to be incorporated from a people standpoint. And uh, how do you ensure that the digital fatigue is not getting the best of you? And that's going to be the the million dollar question every day, every leader when they wake up need to answer. And what am I doing to do today to reduce the digital fatigue? So that's one on people then on process, right? So if you look at process, there are many process uh, got naturally evolved and some of them pandemic driven. So We have uh, launched the safe buildings, you know, and you come in operational capacity matters, where do you sit matters, the social adequate um, or social distancing matters. And some of them are technology driven, some of them are process driven. So process driven are you have to ensure that you're declaring when you're coming in and setting some certain standards and workforce policies. And that's the, the process aspect of it. And how do you Gain access is another example you have to go through, especially in being a remote. The computer you're using, the device you're using, with BYOD kind of exploding on one end. How do you ensure that the new onboard certain things or it's super clear, it's super secured, right? Very well secured. Those are the things from a process standpoint. From a technology standpoint, um, this is uh, what, what I would say is every day we have to look at what platforms we use, what are the things we need to bring in. I gave examples uh, last time Brett that enablement of GEC workforce with Azure VDI is a big unlock. Yeah. There is this balance between empowering and also securing, protecting our employees and and our workforce and there are tools which allows you to solve those, right? And then you working on those technology, evolving technology, you know con- and and also meeting with industry experts and learning from them and incorporating them. So Technology is the one fast moving part of these three components. So how do you keep pace with that? So keeping pace with it. One thing I would avoid is this is an ultra marathon. Take pit stops and ensure that you're taking care of yourself too. Don't get enough you know, fatigue. As I said, don't let fatigue gets the best of you because once you know, if your health is not good, you're done. So you can't think You can't make the right decisions, but it's so important uh, for for everyone, especially for leaders to Find the way to de-stress yourself. And uh, either it's running for for me, yoga for someone, who knows, you know, it depends on on each one. So that's what I would avoid. Avoid that fatigueness and watch for that stress signals carefully.
0: Yeah, I totally agree and understand uh, the different points you're bringing up. But I like the people, the process, and then the technology piece. And I think this avoidance thing, I think, People have become far more mindful. I hope it sustains post uh, any pandemic situations. Cause I think, uh, like I said, the only thing you know you can take into retirement or anything else you ever do is your health. So I think that's a really good way to think about it. Is there anything else you want to add, Vinky, that just free form that you'd like to add or things you'd want to uh, portray as a message? Yeah,
1: I mean, this is more of an opportunity for uh, me to share. We here at Lululemon, uh, we are, I would say, is in a, in a great as part of innovating we are a vertical product brand and we are uh, omni channel and uh, multinational global company and technology is kind of in the current s- and center of enabling and we are doing some innovative work and uh, innovative work in terms of uh, new technologies new platforms either it's RFID or it's blockchain, or it's data mesh uh, in um, Azure data analytics, Azure Databricks, or I mean, we are doing some several technologies, uh, building some great stuff and, and doing some wonderful work in, uh, in the cloud. So we are hiring. So would love <laughs> for folks to, you know, look at us more of an innovative technology as a well, company as well, in addition to being a vertical brand.
0: That's a great way to close it out. Because I think it's, uh, one of the things is for people to get to know the company. And I think people could think of you as a retailer or an apparel company when the reality is you're so much more in the terms of you're digitally uh, transformed, you're doing even hardware work and the way you think of the accretive value of how you pull together data, customer experience and all the other work. It's, it's a testament to a great, a great business and how every company today is both a technology company and more. Yeah, thank you, Brett. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next episode. And remember, stay safe and stay secure.
1: This week on the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Podcast, join us as we dig deep into the XZ backdoor with its finder, Andreas Freund, and... Senior Security Researcher, Thomas Rochia. Be sure to listen in and follow us at msthreatintelpodcast.com
0: or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.